Felicitations, malefactors! Welcome back to another episode of Luke Larson Sports Doctor. On today's episode, it's going to be an interesting one. I am going to address something that, in all honesty, didn't hit me. I didn't realize it until maybe a few months ago at the, at the earliest. And that is the notion that I'm going to defend tonight. I'm going to try to defend it with some, some facts, some data, and some opinions on my own. But the notion that Duke basketball, in relation to North Carolina basketball, that Duke is now the big brother in this rivalry. So... Uh, yes, uh, yes, I, I can I can see and hear people's faces and, and their reactions. Luke, didn't North Carolina just beat Duke in the Final Four this past year? Yes, they did. And listen, I'm not happy about it, but all credit in the world, going where it needs to go to the Carolina Tar Heels for beating Duke in the Final Four this past season. Okay, I'm not going not gonna to be a sore loser here. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. So... How did, how did this realization come about? When did this hit me? Well, it actually started probably a lot further back than I originally thought. But it didn't really hit me. It didn't really come to fruition in, in, in total, in full, until after this past college basketball season was done. And the reason for that is because of what North Carolina, I should say what North Carolina fans' reaction was to this past season. Now what I mean by that is, North Carolina, after beating Duke in the Final Four, lost to Kansas in the National Championship game. They actually blew the largest lead in national title game history to lose to Kansas in the national championship game. They led by as many as 19. Kansas came back and won. Now, what happened afterward is really when this all started to, to come together. It all, it all started to make sense. Because... What I began to see and uh, experience even from North Carolina fans that, that I interact with uh, in my daily life, either at work or um, other places in my daily life, was a di- some, some version of the phrase, well, we didn't win the national title, but at least we beat Duke. At least we ended Coach K's career. Now, at face value, a lot of people would look at that and say, well, yeah, that's something to be, be proud of. That's, that's something to, to, you know, that's a notch in your belt, right? That's, that's something that, that should be a positive thing. Now, I, while I agree with that, for a program like North Carolina, and look, I'm a Duke fan. I don't like North Carolina, but 
I respect the game of college basketball enough to understand that North Carolina is a blue blood program and has been for a very long time. So for a blue blood program like North Carolina, my question back to them, and this again, this was something that that just hit me after interacting with several Carolina fans, whether it be on social media um, or in in my day-to-day life, and I I do not recommend uh, interacting with a lot of people on social media on a regular basis, but especially when you're discussing things like the Duke, Duke Carolina rivalry. But the, the, the obvious question that, that comes to mind when they say that is, well, yes, you beat Duke in the Final Four. You ended Coach K's career. But as North Carolina, shouldn't your main goal every year, not just one year, but every year, be to win a national championship? Shouldn't that be the, 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 main, the main sticking point as to what, was this a successful season for us or not? Now look, a lot of people who are fans of other programs that, that aren't named Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, um, and even recently a, a program like Villanova, but even, not even really them to an extent, they're not going to understand this. They, they don't understand that sort of expectation, that the expectation is we need to win a national title every single year. Really, only four programs in the country nowadays have that. And it's those four I mentioned. Duke, Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky. So if that is the status of your program, and I think that that should be for North Carolina. I think they've earned that that, that status. If that is the status of your program, as one of the, the Mount Rushmore of college basketball programs, Beating Duke, even in the Final Four, should not be something that you hang your hat on as to whether or not this was a successful season. So the obvious question that, that for, at least for me, came to mind was why is that happening? What, what, why are North Carolina fans now starting to do this? Because this isn't something that even... You know, even going back, gosh, five, six, seven years, that's something that I experienced. And even even a lot of Duke fans that that I am, um, I interact with on on social media and um, and in real life, um, they notice this too. Um, I actually um, I actually reached out to a few of them and asked them for some for some examples of some of the the their um, uh, their interactions with Carolina fans and and how they've had uh, similar interactions as I have. And to hear it coming from not just me, but from other Duke fans from all corners of the country, I started asking myself, when did this, what, what is happening with North Carolina now? It, it, has Carolina now become the kind of program that cares more about beating Duke than it does about actually winning national championships. And based on the interactions that I've had, based on the interactions that um, 
Duke fans that, that I that I work with, that I, that I interact with, and, and Duke fans that I interact with on social media, they're experiencing this same sentiment. They're experiencing Carolina fans talk more trash about beating Duke and caring more about beating Duke than about accomplishing what a program like North Carolina should be accomplishing or should strive to accomplish on a yearly basis. Now, it's not, now to be fair, it's not all Carolina fans. Not all of them do this. But I would say at least, based on the interactions that I, the, the, the Duke fans that I've discussed this with prior to this podcast, um, I would say at least, it's at least a good 80 to 85%, based upon the, the, the questions that I've asked um, my fellow Duke fans. Um, they, they, they tell me that, that at, at bare minimum, at least three-quarters of the interactions that they have end up going in that direction. Now, before I just say, well, you know, I, I'm just going to take, you know, everybody's word for it and just end the podcast there. Carolina is is admitting that, you know, beating Duke is more important than winning national titles. I'm not going to just leave it at that. I wanted to do a deep dive into what led up to this. What 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 was the process that occurred that turned, at least in my opinion, that turned North Carolina from the big brother of the rivalry between them and Duke to now the little brother in the rivalry between Duke and Carolina? What led to that? What caused it? What, what are the things that, that, that led up to this? And in, in doing a lot of my research... This past two weeks, because obviously, you know, I didn't do a podcast last week. I, I wanted to spend more time doing research, asking questions, doing some more digging than I normally do. Um, I found out some very interesting things that, that, that don't, that go a lot deeper than just the head-to-head matchup between these two programs. So... To put this into context, we're going to have to go back all the way to the beginning of Coach K's career at Duke. Mike Krzyzewski's very first year at Duke, the 1980-1981 season. Now, the reason we have to go back that far is because not necessarily so much that's when Coach K's career started. That is a part of it. But it's because of who the, the, the head coach of North Carolina was at that time. Someone who I think is, the, is one of the greatest coaches um, in college basketball history, um, Dean Smith. Dean Smith, for the longest time, was the class of the ACC in terms of coaches. Um, he spent 36 years at North Carolina. Um He had he had won two national championships with them, uh, one in 1982, uh, and then uh, another one in 1993. And the, the reason that I start with this, the reason that I start with with Dean Smith, 
is because Dean Smith was Dean Smith turned North Carolina into the Big Brother, not just with the between the Carolina Duke rivalry, but North Carolina was Big Brother in the ACC for as long as Dean Smith was there. Carolina was the standard in the conference. And in that time frame, from 1981, from, from Mike Krzyzewski's first year, to Dean Smith's last year in 1997, the 1996-1997 season, Duke's record against North Carolina in that time was 14-26. and 26. Okay? So, literally in 18 years... Duke won 14 games against North Carolina from 1981 to 1997. And in that same time frame, North Carolina swept Duke, swept the season series with Duke, seven times. And Duke only swept it once. It's very clear. It's very, very clear. Duke was little brother. During that time frame. No no question about it. You're not going to hear any gripe from me about that. Duke was little brother in this rivalry during that time frame. Even though Duke won as many championships, national championships, as North Carolina did in that same time frame. Like I mentioned, Carolina won it in 1982 and in 1993. Duke's two national championships in that time frame came in, came back to back 91 and 92. So even though Duke had the same number of national championships that Carolina did in that time frame. The record speaks for itself. Carolina was big brother during that during that stretch, 1981 to 1997. No question about it. But where this started to shift is the year after Dean Smith retired. He promoted his his longtime assistant, somebody who had been with him for 30 years. Bill Guthridge became the new head coach of North Carolina in the 97-98 season. And in that time frame, this is where the shift began to happen, was the 97-98 season. Nineteen ninety eight was was kind of a, a, a pretty a, a banner year, really, for both programs. Um, Duke won the ACC regular season title. North Carolina won the ACC tournament title. But this began this this season for Duke began a stretch from ninety eight to two thousand and one. where Duke would win no less than 13 conference games every single one of those years. In 98, they won 15. They went 15 and 1. 99, they went 16 and 0 and actually became the first team, first ACC team to go undefeated throughout the entire regular season and the ACC tournament. They went 19 and 0 against ACC competition that year. 2000, they went 15-1 and again and won the ACC 
tournament title as well, going 18-1 against ACC competition that year. 2001, 13-3 in the regular season and won the ACC tournament title. And you can go back and ask anyone who was an analyst, who was a, a you know a media member, who, who worked for I mean ESPN. And that stretch from '98 to 2001, the four years following Dean Smith's retirement, Duke took over the ACC. Clearly, they did. And it wasn't just because North Carolina, or I'm I'm sorry, it wasn't just because Duke had that kind of run during that time frame. It's also because of how Carolina fell off. Now, in 1998, they went 13-3 in the conference and, like I said, won the ACC tournament title. But really in 1999, is when this started to fall off the rails for Carolina. When I say fall off the rails, that might be a little bit strong, but here's what I mean. In 1999, North Carolina went 10-6 and in the ACC that year. Now, you might say, that's still a pretty good record. For Carolina, it really isn't. In the year 2000, the 99-2000 season, North, Car- <clears throat> excuse me, North Carolina went 9-7 and in the ACC. Now, that was Bill Guthridge's last season as the head coach at Carolina, the 2000 season. He only had three years at Carolina. Now, as kind of an outside observer, I think North Carolina fired Bill Guthridge a little bit early. I think he needed a little bit more time. But I do do understand... I, I do get it. They, they had taken steps back. They had. They, they, objectively speaking, they had. But the new head coach that they hired for the 2000-2001 season was Matt Doherty. He's a former player at Carolina, played under Coach K. Or, I'm sorry, played under Dean Smith. And he comes in and in his first season wins the ACC regular season title. So everyone's thinking, hey, we're back on track. We're, we're, we've got it. We're, we're back on track again. Now, the interesting thing about this is... In that season, and this is this is where we're going to kind of get into a little bit of the nuances here. In that season, about halfway through February, North Carolina was twenty-one and two, and eleven and zero in the ACC. They were literally two games clear of everyone else in the conference. And then. The wheels started falling off. They 
They lost at unranked Clemson. They lost at number nine Virginia. And they lost at home to Duke in a five-game stretch. Three, three losses in a five-game stretch that year. And that loss to Duke actually put them in a tie with Duke for the ACC regular season title, but they still want to share. The next week at the ACC tournament, they would get beat by 26 by Duke in the ACC tournament final. And then the following week, literally a week later, they would lose in the second round of the ACE, of the NCAA tournament to seven-seeded Penn State. So literally, in their last 10 games, they lost five. They went 500 in their last 10 games to end the season after starting 21-2. and two. Now, the reason that I bring that up, again, we, there's nuances to this, is, is because of what would follow in the following seasons. In 2001-2002, North Carolina had one of its worst seasons that it had in, in I think it was about 30 years. They went 4-12 and in the ACC and won eight games overall. Finished in a tie for last place in the ACC. They were not competitive. They were not competitive. At least in the ACC. They they fell off a cliff that season. They got swept by Duke that year. They went 0-3 against Duke. And this would actually begin a stretch where Carolina would not break even with Duke from 1999 all the way until 2005. 2005 was the first year in this stretch they even got to 500 against Duke. Every other year they, they were either swept or they lost the regular season matchup with Duke, head-to-head, by at least a game. In the 2003 season, Carolina wasn't really much better. They went 6-10 and in the conference. They did win more overall games, going 19-16. and And they did beat Duke once. Credit to them, they beat us once. Now, they would lose to Duke the the following week of the ACC tournament, but they were at least able to get a game. And so after that season, Matt Doherty was fired. And now enter their new head coach, Roy Williams. Came over from Kansas, had some really good teams at Kansas, but was never able to win a national championship at Kansas. And immediately, you start to see a difference. Carolina was more competitive. They won eight games. They went eight and eight in the ACC. Won the same number of games as the year before where they won 19. But you could tell Carolina was much more competitive than they had been. It was obvious. They were a much better team in 2004 than they had been. But once again, another season of double-digit losses. 
Another season of Carolina really not doing much nationally. They didn't make it out of the first weekend of the of the NCAA tournament again. Now, this is when things start to get interesting. Because obviously we talked about the head-to-head matchups and uh, their record, uh, Carolina's record against Duke in that stretch. The fact that they would literally finish dead last in the ACC one of those seasons. But now Carolina starts to get it turned around. In 2005, they, they won the national championship. They beat a very, very good Illinois team in the, in the title game that year and won Roy Williams' first national championship. Now, the interesting thing about that season was even though Carolina won the title, there was still something that was that I don't want to say tainted it because I don't think anything could would ever taint a national title um obviously outside of you know NCAA violations or something like that but they split the season series that year with Duke Duke won at home Carolina won at home but if you go back and you watch the second matchup, the, the one that Carolina won, Carolina needed some heroics at the end to win that game. Duke had that game won. If you go back and watch, I say I think that Duke lost that game more than Carolina won it. And then the following week at the ACC tournament, they lost in the semifinals to Georgia Tech, and Duke would go on to win the ACC tournament title that year. So, even though Carolina won a national championship, there were seeds being planted. This was really the first year where Carolina accomplished something of note, but but didn't get the nasty taste of Duke out of their mouths. Because again, we are still in a stretch here where Carolina still has not won the, 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 the regular season series against Duke since 1998. It's been seven years since they've done it. Even though they won a national championship. Okay, you fast forward to, uh, one more year to 2006. Carolina took a little bit of a step back this season. They were a, a pretty young team. Um, they were still a very good team, but they took a step back. Um... Duke won the ACC regular season and ACC tournament titles that year. Um, North Carolina would beat Duke once in Cameron. Duke won the game in Chapel Hill. Carolina won the game in Cameron. Duke would lose in the Sweet 16 that year. um, And Carolina lost in the second round that year to a George Mason team that actually would go on to make a Final Four run. Cinderella run for them. But once again, we're now eight years since Carolina has won the season series against Duke. And with no real national accomplishment to, of note, 
that season. There's the, the, the seed of this is starting to take root. And you can start to sort of feel a shift taking place. Because you have to remember, from the end of the, the 98 season through the, really the 2004 season, Carolina really didn't do much of note. They did make a Final Four run in, in the year 2000, but that was as an eight seed. And, you know, look, I mean, you know, all the credit to them for making a Final Four run, but in that time frame, they didn't really do anything of note. And, you know, I mean, it, it's one thing to get hot at the end of a season and make a Final Four run. But it's a completely different thing to be playing well all season. And Carolina hadn't played well all season in 2000. So people people saw that, I think, more for what it was, which was kind of more of a fluke than an actual, you know, indication of how good North Carolina was. But in 2007, the 06-07 season, Carolina sweeps Duke. They finally win the ACC, they, they win the regular season series against Duke. Now, this was kind of an odd year for the ACC. There really weren't any great teams. You had first, in the ACC standings, you had first place and fifth place separated by a game. Literally, the team that won the conference, which was North Carolina, they tied for the, the conference title with Virginia. They went 11-5. and five, And the team that finished fifth place went 10-6. and six. So literally five teams were all within a game of each other at the top of the conference. There, nobody really separated themselves. Duke lost in the first round of the ACC, or of the NCAA tournament to uh, a VCU team that was coached by Anthony Grant, a pretty good team. Carolina was able to make uh, an Elite Eight run and lost to Georgetown in the Elite Eight. But again, what did we hear? What was the what one thing? Now again, I was this was my senior year of high school, and I knew a lot of the Carolina fans that went to my high school. And the thing that they kept saying, even though Carolina made it further in the tournament than Duke, hey, we swept you guys this year. Remember we swept you guys? Remember that? That's what I was hearing. Wasn't hearing anything about a a deeper NCAA tournament run. A a, you know, hey, we were a game away from a Final Four. You guys lost in the first round. Wasn't hearing that. Wasn't hearing it. Was hearing all about the head-to-head. -head. So then you fast forward to the, the 2008 season. Carolina had a good team this year. Very good team. Duke had a pretty good team, too. North Carolina uh, won the ACC regular season title that year. Duke finished second. Um, and Duke split the season series with North Carolina. Duke won at Chapel Hill. Duke won, or uh, Carolina won at Cameron. Duke lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament to West Virginia. 
and North Carolina lost in the Final Four to Kansas. And that game, that, that game was not close. It was not close. But once again, you had Carolina doing better nationally than Duke was. But what did you not hear? What did I, I didn't hear that year. I did not hear anything about the head-to-head. Why? Because it was a draw. It was one and one. And so what did so the Carolina fans that I interacted with were bringing up the fact that Carolina made it further. They hung a Final Four banner. Duke didn't. Now you might be saying, Luke, this is this is just all. These are all details. I mean, this is all just. This, this, this is these are all irrelevant facts. The very next year is when this starts to really come to a head. This is where I think we get we get to the top of the hill and we start to come down the other side. Because North Carolina wins the national championship in 2009. They won the ACC regular season title. And they swept Duke. They beat Duke twice that season. Duke would go on to win the ACC tournament. Duke would lose in the Sweet 16 to Villanova, who would make a Final Four run. And North Carolina won the national championship. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, Carolina has two titles now. Roy Williams has two titles at North Carolina. And since Roy Williams got to North Carolina, Coach K and Duke haven't won any. Carolina's back on top. That isn't what took place. Because this is when I heard Carolina fans the the most. This is when I started to hear it the most. They brought up the sweep of Duke more than they brought up the winning of a national championship. Far more. It wasn't close. These are all things that were coming back to me as I was as I was hearing this again after this past basketball season. All of these things, I can even remember specific people telling me things like this. I remember who they were. I remember what class they were in when I was in college. All this stuff started to come back to me as like I was experiencing this deja vu after this past season and it really took me back to this year when in 2009 when Carolina won again, won their title, won the national championship again and they were more concerned with the, the fact that they swept Duke than they were about winning a national championship. That's when I really started to hear it from a good portion of Carolina fans. Now, the reason that this year is where it finally reached ahead is because of what happened the following year. I Again, we're coming off Carolina winning a national championship. And we're, again... I'm, this is the early days of me interacting with people on social media and in person for sure because I wore a lot of Duke shirts so every time you know a Carolina fan saw me on the street they would you know 
shout at me. Hey, remember when we swept, swept you guys? I'm like, you guys hung a, hung a banner. You don't want to talk about that more? They're like, yeah, we swept you guys. No, this sounds all childish to you. I'm just reporting it. I'm just reporting what took place. Because once again, what happened the next year in the 2010 season, Duke would win the national championship and Duke would sweep Carolina. And to be perfectly honest, it wasn't close. The game at Carolina, Duke won by 10. But the game at Duke, Duke won by 32. They would also go on to win the ACC tournament the following week. North Carolina that year finished 5-11 in the conference, 20-17 overall. Like I said, Duke won the ACC regular season title and the tournament title. And they would go on to win the national championship that year. And this is where I think Carolina fans really started to almost have flashbacks to 2002 and 2003. And really 2004 as well. When Duke was just clearly the superior team. And you could throw 99 in there as well. Duke was clearly a superior team in 99 as well. Carolina fans are starting to... You can almost sense it. it. The games are starting to mean more to Carolina fans than they are to Duke fans. Because Duke fans now, particularly with this national championship in 2010, Duke fans are starting to realize, kind of reinvigorate themselves because now they feel like, okay, we've had a, a, now a nine-year drought from winning a national championship. We've proven we can do it again. But Carolina in 2010 took a giant step back from where they were in 2009 to 2010. A giant step back. They were not a good team in 2010. This was not a good North Carolina team. And so all of a sudden, Carolina fans now are starting to, in the back of their head, I don't even know if it's necessarily conscious yet, but they're starting to think to themselves, okay, we're we're, we're experiencing, this is happening all over again. The early 2000s, the late 90s and the early 2000s, this is happening all over again. The next year in 2011, North Carolina wins the ACC regular season title. And the the season series is split between Duke and Carolina that year. Duke beat Carolina at home in one of the largest comebacks in Cameron Indoor history. And Carolina won in, in Chapel Hill. But the following week, in the ACC tournament, Duke beat Carolina in the final, and that was a blowout. Duke won by 17 in that one, and it honestly was not that close. It wasn't that close. And so now we have Duke starting to to retake the status that it had in the late 90s and early 2000s once again. Now, for the next few years, it 
the, the rivalry really the rivalry really takes a, a different turn. There's some exceptions, but what I would argue is that the next few years, a majority of the next few years, could be described by saying Carolina was the better team, but Duke still won games against them. And not just won games against them, but but swept them and won regular season series against them in in some occasions. In 2012, North Carolina won the ACC regular season title again. Duke finished second. And Duke and Carolina split the season series. Carolina would go on to win the ACC uh, tournament title. And that year, Duke would actually lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. North Carolina would lose in the Elite Eight to Kansas. But once again, Carolina fans are caring more about the the split than they were the fact that they made a regional final. Beating Duke was more important to them. The fact that that they were clear... And listen, Carolina fans knew it. They knew they were the better team in 2012. Duke was able to beat them in the Dean Smith Center, in Chapel Hill. Carolina was was the better team in 2012, but they were not able to show their dominance the way that Duke was in the early the late 90s and the early 2000s. It wasn't happening the same way for them as it was for Duke. Duke in the late 90s and early 2000s clearly, most of those years, had clearly better teams. And they were able to demonstrate that by how they dominated Carolina on the court. Now we have years where Carolina is clearly the better team, but they're not able to show that same level of dominance. Now listen, I'm not saying that Carolina fans were thinking about these things. But this is all a cumulative case. It's it's showing throughout these seasons. The reason I'm going through these seasons individually is because it needs a little bit of context. There's a little bit of nuance to this. That has to be explained to understand what Carolina fans are seeing and what they are experiencing and what subconsciously they are beginning to how how they are beginning to act subconsciously. In the 2013 season, this was another season, Carolina was decent. They, they weren't they weren't great they were they were fine they finished third in the ACC but they got swept by Duke 
The se- and the second game, the one in Chapel Hill, was not particularly close. Carolina lost in the uh, ACC tournament uh, title game to Miami. Uh, Duke lost in the first round of the ACC tournament that year. Duke would go on to lose to Louisville in the Elite Eight that season, and Carolina lost in the second round to Kansas. Now, I'm not going to sit here and play the what-if game, but that Louisville team that Duke lost to in the regional final would go on to win the national championship, and they had that national championship vacated because of NCAA violations, infractions. So, look, I'm not going to say that Duke would have for sure gone on to win the national title, you know, that year if 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 that Louisville team hadn't, you know, hadn't been in their way. Um, I, I think they would have had a shot at it, but again, they made it further than Carolina. Duke was the better team, and they showed it. They swept Carolina, and they made it further in the tournament. They showed it. They showed they were the superior team. The next year, um, Duke and both Duke and North Carolina were um, they were good teams, but neither one of them were really great. Um, they finished third and fourth. Duke finished third. Carolina finished fourth in the in the ACC that year, um, and they split the season series. Uh, Duke would lose in the ACC tournament final to Virginia. Uh, Carolina lost in the first round uh, of the ACC tournament. Carolina would lose in the second round of the NCAA tournament, and Duke would lose in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But this is now... And see, this is the interesting thing, is this is now a couple years in a row 2013-2014, 2013-2014, where Carolina isn't great. They haven't had a great team in that time frame. I think Duke had the last couple years. I think 2013 was a great Duke team. Now, a lot of people, they'll look at their you know the roster that year and say there aren't really a lot of names on it, and there weren't, but that was a pretty vintage Duke team that was actually pretty good. Carolina hasn't had a team like that in a couple years. And that would continue the next year into 2015, which is important because that's the year that Duke would win another national title. Now again, another another thing that was included in this season, or that happened in this season, was Duke would sweep the regular season series against North Carolina. Duke would, would win, um, would finish second in the ACC regular season, and they lost in the ACC, ACC semifinals to Notre Dame. Um, North Carolina actually made it further in the ACC tournament than Duke did. 
they lost in the title game to Notre Dame, the team that Duke lost to. Carolina would lose in the Sweet 16. And Duke, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, would win the national championship that year. And so now, again, we have another year where Carolina is good, but they're not great. And now in 2016, we're kind of back to what I mentioned before, where Carolina had clearly the better team. Carolina was clearly a better team in 2016 than Duke was. Carolina would win the ACC regular season title, and Duke finished sixth. Tie for fifth. Duke would lose in the Sweet 16 to, to Oregon. Carolina lost in the title game, the national title game to Villanova. Once again, Carolina is unable to show its, its superiority to Duke. Duke wins the game in Chapel Hill. And Carolina only wins the game in Cameron by four. There's no clear sign of dominance from Carolina over Duke. Carolina clearly had the better team this season. But wasn't able to really prove it against Duke. Now, 2017 is where is another pinnacle, or I'm sorry, another um, another crucial point in the overall discussion of uh, of this podcast is is Duke the big brother now? Because this is a year that North Carolina would win a national championship again. They would win the ACC regular season by two games. They were clear of everybody. Duke finished in a tie for fifth in the conference. And Duke would win the regular season series against North Carolina 2-1. to one. Duke won the game at home. Carolina won the game. Carolina won the game at home. But the next week, in the ACC tournament, Duke would actually be the first team to do something that had never been done in the ACC tournament before. They won four games in four days to win the ACC tournament title. And in the semifinals, they beat North Carolina. Like I said, Carolina would go on to win the national championship. Duke lost in the second round. But, once again, we're back to a Carolina team that was clearly superior not being able to show it. Over Duke. I need to make that clear. Over Duke. Because that's what this discussion is about. It's about this specific rivalry. Carolina is not able to take control in seasons where they should be taking control of this rivalry. And once again, this was another season where Carolina does something more nationally relevant than Duke. 
Carolina fans back then, again, at my jobs, in my day-to-day life, I can remember the specific people who were more angry that they, that Duke won the regular season head-to-head matchup against Carolina that year than they were happy that Carolina had won the national championship that year. And this is the year where really I think you start to see the tree really start to grow and really start to, the roots of it start to go deep. Because this is a year where Carolina, again, once again, should be celebrating their national title. But they are more concerned with how they did against Duke. And the next few years show this. The next few years are, it, it is, this is when it really starts to go, okay, no, this is, this is really happening. This is, this is, Carolina is, it now cares more about beating Duke than they do about doing anything else of, of significance. In 2018, Duke would um, finish second in the ACC. North Carolina would finish sixth. Now, Carolina would get the better of Duke in the regular season series. They won that one, two to one. But Duke would make the regional final against Kansas. They would lose to them, the eventual national runner-up. Carolina got blown out in the second round against Texas A&M. Lost by 21. And now you're starting to see, I think, the real fruits of this starting to come forward. Because what's happening is Carolina plays... Carolina is starting to do what teams like NC State, Clemson... Uh, to an extent, Florida State, although Florida State is a really good ACC program now, um, you're starting to see Carolina do what really middle-of-the-road ACC programs have been doing for 30 years, which is they treat Duke, they treat the Duke game as their Super Bowl. They will play lights out against Duke, but then they will lay goose eggs against average opponents. The Texas A&M game is is a perfect example of that. Heck, even that season after they after they, they they beat Duke at home, they almost lose to to an NC State team. The, the their very next game that was that wasn't even ranked. They they lost the game before they played Duke the second time to a Miami team that wasn't ranked. Were they looking ahead? Maybe. 
I'm not going to try to speculate a ton, but you never know. Again, this is circumstantial evidence, but you start to add up some of these circumstances and you start to go, well, you know, maybe there's something to that. That was really the year. 2017 was the year that you started to see it because you started to see Carolina care less about the fact that they won a national championship and care more about the fact that they beat Duke. Or, I'm sorry, about what their record was against Duke. The next few years are no exception to that. Now, the next few years for Duke actually don't really go all that well. But, in terms of what Carolina does nationally, it doesn't go well for them either. And this is where it really starts to become clear that North Carolina cares more about beating Duke than doing anything of national significance. We'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back for part two, the last part of this where we wrap up these last few seasons and we wrap up some conclusions. What does this all mean? Stay with us. We'll be right back to Luke Larson, Sports Doctor. 